Hello everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Floor is Rising, with host Sabretooth, a professional NFT collector, and Kizu, a professional art critic. On this podcast we talk deeply about the business of creating, collecting and analyzing NFTs. So, if you are a creator or a collector of NFTs, jump in. The water is warm. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Floor is Rising. With us, a special guest today, Alexei Devainen, otherwise known as Pixelord. Welcome to the show, Alexei. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Awesome. Alexei, tell us, how did you get into NFTs? I started last year, about the same time. So I've been in an NFT for a year now. So I started in February and the first NFT that I made was was a collaboration with my friend uh, and amazing artist. He is called Evoked Form. And the other one guy was is a really big 3D artist. He's titled Offshoot 3D. And uh, these guys, they mostly they make animations. They make 3D exciting, uh, you know, simulations and all this kind of stuff. And we were working with them before NFTs because I, I'm a musician originally and then digital artist, but it's all connected. So I make music and I make art for my music and I make visuals for my music. I call myself audio visual artist. So it's both ways and I can do this or that, or I can do all in connection or I can separate things. So at that point I was more focused on music as my main thing. I was uh, composing music like basically every day and I still do that and I was uh, making my album uh, long play music album as Big Lord so I've, I've been uh, making music as Big Lord for 10 years and I connected with these guys because they needed some music and sound for th- these animations you have a long history of both appealing to the Russian audience and also the English speaking um, audience. Did you find that your NFT audience is very similar to your audience prior to sort of making NFTs or, or did you find that the audience sort of changed as you moved into NFTs? Yeah, I think it's changed because definitely these are different people and they discovered me after I started NFT last year after we had huge success with all these collaborations and after I started my collections. And I, I can I could see that these people saw me in the space like one of the inter- entrepreneurs maybe or maybe one of the early NFT artists, right? And they were just looking to support, to collect, to invest somewhere. And uh, I think these people are collectors and artists as well and they haven't seen me before because, you know, maybe they heard my music, yeah, because... It's in, in, it's here and there in the mixes and the, in the Spotify. Sometimes you don't even check what's playing on Spotify. It, it, it can be me. It can be some, someone else, right? Because they have playlists. So yeah, maybe this they just d- discovered me. I mean, after the NFT happened, I, I definitely uh, like when I started on Twitter, I had uh, seventy thousand um, followers, and currently I have uh, almost one hundred thousand followers so basically all these new people came strictly from nft space and most of them are artists 
and collectors, and some of them are strictly only collectors. And definitely they came to, you know, they came for the value. So they came to, to collect for the long term or maybe to flip for the short term, but yeah, to make money. If they see that the NFT artist and musician is big enough and well-known, definitely they they want to make money on that, right? So not only for collecting, but still for like making profits. Lots of collectors actually don't even sell. They just collect because they like the stuff and they like how the artist is growing. They can see it in the future. Something big will happen to him and all these early pieces they bought, they really... I think some of them are really cheap for them and definitely they will they will sell it for good profit in future. Maybe in like a few years, 10 years, we don't know what's going to happen with NFT, but this, this works definitely will stay out there. So it's, it's already in the blockchain forever. And this is a historical NFT because it's a, one of the first NFTs ever in the space. Yeah, this year it was the first biggest year, the last year. And for me as well, as an artist and as an individual individual um, so yeah i can i can say that all these people mostly care about what i do currently not what i did in the past before nfts but of course they can listen to the music they can go to see my videos on the youtube my music videos what i actually did i minted some of these music videos and i sold it as NFTs on foundation. I think one of the terms that some people have used to describe your practice is uh, the vaporwave kind of aesthetic. And I think it comes through quite strongly, especially in your earlier work. And I was wondering if there was a particular, you know, like inflection, a different association of that movement with the Russian scene. So I'm, I'm very unfamiliar with, I guess, Russian artists that work in that style or are influenced by that style. But I was wondering if you could maybe say something about whether, for example, like, is there a very dark, is there a darker connotation with Russian artists that, you know, work with that style? Or is there kind of a more like dystopian vibe maybe or, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely some of the dystopian and dark and also maybe melancholic vibes in this in this Russian music, there, are, there is some kind of all kinds of sounds in here. You can see, you can hear American influence and uh, European influence, uh, most likely UK music influence, electronic music from uh, Germany, such as techno influence. Lots of lots of this this stuff. It's all you know. It's all it still sounds like universal universal electronic music language. You can't say it's so Russian, but you can hear it's like, how you say, like in the mood of the music, in the message that gets to people more. So if you check most of Russian music, maybe it has this, the vibe of uh, cold and dreamy places, big uh, empty fields, uh, maybe that. Yeah, I mean, definitely we put it in there because Russian musicians, they, are, they live here, they have this, feeling through them and then when they start making music definitely it influences how it sounds because uh, you know you just live there every day and you feel the specific way that you can only feel right here it's it, you can say it about in any place in the world of course like if you go to asian places uh, you can have different feels and also it's 
definitely reflected in their music. So mostly Russia is, um, I think it's something like colder, a little bit colder feeling to the music, maybe maybe a little bit like aggressive here and there. So definitely my music is aggressive in a ways. But as you mentioned, Vaporwave influence is very good because Vaporwave is really connected to some kinds of retro, retro mania in USSR, you know, this uh, retro photo, retro VHS things, because VHS was, was so, so popular in Soviet Union. And after Soviet period, we had lots of like, in my childhood, we had VHS as a big thing. It was like, oh, VHS is a, like, you can make cool things. You can shoot some videos outside. And we definitely use it in art and music. And all my, yeah, if you, if you look at my art as well, you can see, you can see, you can feel that I have lots of nostalgic stuff. I, I like to call it surreal nostalgia. So it's, it's like nostalgia, but it's mixed up with um, something that never, never was there before. But, you know, all the different eras mixed up in one type of nostalgia. Um, so same as in electronic music styles, like I have a fusion of different styles in my tracks and most of them are definitely from nostalgic moments like uh, 90s music, early electronic music from 70s even, like first synths and stuff like that. You know, all these noisy, noisy stuff, all these noisy synthesizers and some tape recordings. I, I love how tape sounds, yeah. I sampled tape myself, so in my childhood I had some kind of tape recorder, so I connected it to t- directly to TV and recorded some advertisements, parts, and or maybe I was just switching channels very fast so I can catch this, you know, interesting sound between channels. When you switch it, you kind of can catch the glitch and also you can catch the uh, the mixture of t- two sounds from two channels and then you can sample it into the computer and do something with it. That's what I was experimenting. And yeah, maybe still I love this kind of stuff and you can see it in my in my works. I had lo- I have lots of um, references to these times and also like Windows retro retro uh, icons and all this vaporwave style it's it's all in there i try to mix it with current you know current digital art i mix pixel art i mix 3d art i mix all all kinds of you know even painting here and there so there's definitely some mashup stuff if you if you can describe myself it's a mashup it's a mixture of different things with lots of nostalgic uh mood (laughs) i know for example that you do sort of live performances, um, events, you know, for, for your sort of Russian audience. Your NFT work on, on Twitter, I'm, I'm guessing, maybe you can confirm or not, that a lot of your collectors are, are, are not Russian. Um, so do you find that your works um, have different receptions across your sort of English-speaking audience versus your, your Russian audience? And, and how do you think your work is received in, from kind of both those audiences? No, it's definitely different. It's definitely two completely different worlds, but they kind of intersect. They kind of, sometimes they interact. 
sometimes because it's it's just happening. It's like the transformation is currently happening at this moment every day. In last year was like just the start, and now uh, when I start NFTs, I was thinking like, okay, this is good. I can sell images. I can sell my art, and somehow I can implement my music in there. And I found that uh, most of the people that want NFTs there in the Twitter actually, and some of them in, in Instagram, but most of them are non-Russians for some reasons, actually, because it's it's like that. The NFT buyers is mostly Americans, I guess, and Europeans. So and recently we saw lots of Asians came to NFT space as well. So from Japan and Thailand and China, I guess, to lots of Asian projects we can see currently. So, uh, and Russia is still somewhere down there. So we don't see many Russian projects if you compare to the whole world, right? And also even collectors, most of the collectors, most of big big known collectors, they're 100% non-Russian. So we don't, I don't know any, like I don't know the single collector, the big whale collector from Russia. I, I, I know a couple of friends, they're actually my friends and they, and they are my collectors as well. They're from Russia and we are friends currently, but they're not so big, you cannot see like, they have, you know, thousands and followers and they are influencers. No, it's it doesn't work like that because the mostly organic NFT communities create and that's the truth. And all these people are like following each other, they are like gathering somewhere, so they have NFT meetings and all this stuff. And in Russia it's different. It's we have small NFT mostly even if it's in Twitter, they don't speak in Russian. They all of them, same as me, they're trying to be international. And of course, it's very it's very good to be international because you want sales, you need sales, you need support, you need community growing. Yeah, that's why it's not good to focus on Russia. Why do you think that is? Because as far as I know, cryptocurrency penetration in Russia is pretty, pretty big. Like lots of Russians own cryptocurrencies. Because uh, it's always like that. It's always like first things go, and happen in uh, in the international world, such a, a big countries as the United States and Canada and what else, I don't know, Japan maybe as well, maybe England or stuff like that. So, And then Russia and all this, India maybe, what else, and all these countries, they catch up later. It's I think it's just always been like that. Same with music, like if, same with the, different technologies crypto has been here for years like uh, 10 years or something right and nfc is just, just so new and people are so skeptical and crypto traders they're just starting right now i can see yes they forming some big channels of information big chats and telegram as well and russians don't like to be on twitter too much the russian uh, social media is VK mostly, and people on VK mostly young people. They don't have money to invest in NFTs, to flip it, to try and play with NFTs. And crypto investors, they also, I can, well, I can see that there's actually lots of Russians. You just don't know they're, that they're Russians. They're low key, and they just speak English mostly because they're interacting with uh, all this NFT community and groups and between each other they i've i've met people 
in Twitter, which was at, at the end, they were Russians and I didn't know that. And they didn't know the same about me. We were interacting and speaking about NFTs and collaborating maybe. <laughs> and then and I found out that they are Russians. So maybe, I don't know the statistics, maybe we have lots of collectors actually from Russia as well, but they just, they don't have this separate place to, uh, you know, to tweet Russian, to speak Russian, to sell Russian projects to Russian people. And maybe it's okay. We don't need that division. It's all international. It should be in English. It like, you know, it's a new thing and it's still small, right? And that's why it should be that divided. And then maybe next year or maybe in a few years, we can divide it to different markets, Asian market, Russian market, European market, um, American market. Maybe, yes, when it's going that big. But currently, it's okay like that. And yeah, what I was going to say about Russian uh, Kyrillic uh, social media, I was uh, mostly mentioning my NFT and my stuff uh, on English uh, social media, such as Twitter and Instagram, and maybe some on Facebook a little bit, because... I couldn't see the interest from Russian local followers. Yeah. And all they wanted is mostly to listen to the music, watch new videos, maybe. So, I mean, they can, they can support, they can like and repost and they can send good comments, but I, they don't invest. They don't, they don't buy, they don't, you know, support and they don't even know what is NFT, what is, how do you create wallets? Because yeah, most of the people are just in a different state of um, of living. The music is free. If you if you go on SoundCloud, you just listen for free. If you go on VK, you can listen for free because VK has all the music that I make. Uh, you can listen it for free with advertisements on top. Basically, like in YouTube, right? Every now and then you hear advertisements. And what that's what they do. They just listen to favorite music. If they like the art, they just mm-hmm. go and subscribe to the community and they go and click the likes, see the art. So that's all the feedback from them because they don't have more. They don't have... Most of the people, uh, you know, live not really good life in here because uh, they don't have uh, some money to spend on stuff like NFTs, like just a gamble and stuff like that. No. So yeah, only, uh, only crypto people can do that. And currently I can see that more and more crypto people are interested in NFTs. This just happens this year. Let's talk about, I guess, music NFTs since, I mean, MetaRavers sort of classifies as that. And, um, you know, everyone, everyone says that music NFTs is up to this point in time has not been that big of a thing compared to sort of visual NFTs. And even the, the NFTs that you released has, has a musical component, but also has a, has a visual component. Um, so do you think that music NFTs will, will become bigger in the future? It's always a visual component. Even, even if you see any, any streaming platform, even if you go on any Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud, you can you just can't drop the track without any artwork. It's like it's not allowed. That's why people make artwork, and, and it makes sense. Like if you have a track, you want some visual that connects to it, and that like 
it's it's good to have it even if like you listen to music and you remember the the small icon on the artwork right and you see like oh yeah this is the, this the album that i liked it looked like this okay i remember this it's like it's a good reference to to connect it to visually as well yeah for music and artists in this year i think it's really going be much bigger and we currently can see lots of new marketplaces opening currently i'm very interested in one of them it's called sound xyz it's really reminding reminds me of uh, soundcloud because it's just the same layout they have all these tracks you can just hit the play you can see the waveform you can see the comments you can buy one of these tracks so each, I, i think each track is a uh, has the copies you can buy maybe they have different mechanics they have different like maybe you can buy cheap one or maybe you can buy a part i think it's it's going to be in v- very different options in the future it depends on what musician wants so for example you can sell the, the rights right you can sell the royalties the part of the royalties so if you buy into my track let's say you invest in in uh, 50% so you will get i don't know 25% of the royalties that i collect from this track right from different occasions maybe it's it goes into advertisement it goes into movie the people who own the rights to the track the part of the rights they can collect it as well automatically to the wallets i think it's interesting new idea and currently there's a platform called, called uh, Royal for this kind of um, scheme. Do, do you think that, um, you know, a, a lot of collectors who collect NFTs are collecting for, uh, for basically appreciation, right? They expect the NFT to sort of increase in price. And for visual NFTs, this has occurred for hundreds of years, right? So starting from, you know, pe- you know any, someone who creates a, you know, a painting, Paintings have kind of appreciated for a long time, so the, the visual art. So that kind of selling a, a visual thing ha- has been sort of part of human society for, for a very long time in the terms of expecting the, the price to appreciate. For music, though, that kind of model hasn't really been, been the case, right? You know, from, you know, selling CDs, the radio, concerts, no one in previously has been a sell like a piece of music for so, so the whole concept of collecting music as nfts expecting price appreciation hasn't really had a long history do you think that the same mechanic with a visual artist with their visual painting now substituted by the nft do you think that will be the same sort of mechanic with with musicians and and with music nfts or i think you alluded to different things like for example having an nft that gives you you know particular benefits or royalties or do you think it's going to be more like those kind of type of things that that become popular or, or how, how do you think about you know what music nfts will look like and, and what will quote unquote collectible music nft look like in the future well i think we will have and we currently have different ways of music nfts one of them i just told you on uh, sound xyz you, you can buy a copy and you can then collect it for a certain amount of time i mean i mean hold it for some amount of time and 
maybe sell it later because the musician is getting popular and more popular and he's getting value and collectors want to own this piece of music. So it's the same as foundation and um, one of one's artists. So it's same, same idea, I think. Or maybe it's the same as, as an open sea, small collections of uh, personal collections of artists. So they just sell copies of their, of their one work. And um, the next also I can see we can have music collections such as mine or maybe even bigger generative collections. I have seen few of this. It's very interesting. So basically it's like 10K project, but instead of uh, images, you have different tracks uh, generated by combining lots of lots of lots of elements of music in a different random ways, which is interesting. It's, it's, it's just interesting to collect. Like, oh, I just hit Mint and exclusively for me, this music generated and I can listen to it and maybe it's kind of a rarer sounding and I can sell it for a higher price. So, so basically still in NFT, there's a um, speculative thing happening. Mostly people want to buy cheap, sell higher and uh, take profit or maybe take profit later in a couple months or year. I don't know. So some of the collectors definitely want the art and the piece that is unique, but these people, they want unique art one of one mostly. So that's why then, then the music NFT should be as well, this type of stuff. It can be music video, right? So if the artist released music video, and he's big enough, he has following, and he's, uh, you know, he's valuable, he has value, and he has few collectors that want to snipe this NFT. He can start an auction, and uh, he can do it the, the old way that we all did, done this uh, last year, just by selling one NFT, one copy, to somebody who, who, who bids the last bid and who wins the auction. This is still gonna happen, I think. It's interesting because as I said, like some of the collectors want to have exclusive item, just one exclusive copy. But still the new popular stuff is collections. Of course, huge collections, generative collections, maybe personal small collections like mine. So I can explain to you again what I do. I do I do small collections of handmade NFTs, but each one is kind of element which I combine myself, handmade, not not generative, but I just combine these elements in a certain way I like it. And then I make, I have lots of lots of loops and music, small music compositions, which I can choose for this certain NFT character, right? right? So it's a meta raver, so it's a character. He represents, let's say, techno, and I want to look him dark as a, a techno track that I made is kind of dark and aggressive. So I make this character dark. I combine him from the elements I, I, I already have, or maybe I invite some of the artists from NFT space and they make like, I, I just currently we released this collaboration with the artist Sathar, if I pronounce right. So they made this art for me exclusively painted the character, which is the Raver, Matt Raver, and I exclusively created 
the music for these characters and we minted it like that. So it's a profile picture, it's a character, it's a, you know, avatar. You can use it in Twitter, you can use it in any social media and you can buy it and sell it. So you can speculate on the price. You can, And also you can get cool stuff, like free stuff from me later. And that's, that's the whole project idea. So Pixel Art, to sum up, can we ask you who your favorite artist is? I can mention Self Burning. It's my longtime friend and artist. We have made really cool stuff with him in collaboration. I've made music, he made visuals, and we released lots and lots of works. Even before NFT, he, he made so many cool stuff with with him and we were featured on the Vimeo if you guys still remember this platform <laughs> uh, it's a huge you know digital art platform such as YouTube but it's more focused on digital art and digital motion graphics and we were featured a couple of times and uh, his works with my music was featured on big festivals all over the world so it's uh, it's been showed on the on the festivals and that's why I think is is my favorite and also from new artists that I met in NFT there is a Russian artist Ruslan Vyaltsev he is uh, very cool and very big on foundation he has lots of collectors on foundation he is one of the best artists I think one of the top 100 for sales on foundation and uh, maybe because he has unique style if we can give the links, it will be fun, interesting to people to to click the links and to check out about these artists. Awesome. Yeah, one, one else, uh, the Super Trip 64. This artist is visually, it's awesome. It's just my favorite. Visually, it's so cool. So, so crazy. That's my favorite as well. Yeah, so three of these. Cool. Well, thank you very much, uh, Alexei Pixelot, for, for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting interesting conversation. <laughs> Thank you for joining me for this episode of Floor is Rising. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow. And give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Remember to also follow us on Twitter at Floor is Rising. You can reach out to us or send us a question. Just send us a DM at Floor is Rising. <laughs>